You're listening to Underrepresented Representatives with your host, me, Naja Imani Muhammad, a.k.a. Naja Knows, a.k.a. Queen Najita, a.k.a. Give Me an Oscar, and all the other a.k.a.s you have grown to love, as well as David Quill. That's messed up, man. I need a better intro. That's not fair. Is <laughs> where we give you a better intro? Something. I need something. Nah, it's all good. I appreciate it. Uh, nice. Watch next episode. I'm going to give you. It's going to be like, comma, 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 comma. <laughs> comma, yeah. Nelson. I'm not as cool as you. Yes, you are. AKA, AKA. You're the production. Yo, <laughs> I, everybody listening, you know, David's been up in his game with production. So uh, get ready for high quality production quality. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate that. Uh, we're so excited to be here, and we've got a really great episode coming to you today. But first, our consistent sponsors, Dave, let them know. Today's episode is sponsored by... <laughs> LBC or Virtue Brand? Which one? Both. <laughs> so you got to introduce LBC, the Virtue Brand, of course. That's my brand. We always have the vertical integration in there. Um, me and my cousin Ed, we started a brand in 2019. Uh, we sell hoodies right now, but trying to just get more creative in the space. Um, took a little time off just with everything going on with the pandemic, but uh, slowly and but surely getting everything together. Today's episode is also sponsored by LBC. That's Leaders by Choice, organization started by my mom, Fonda Kit Muhammad, where we are working on creating um, artivists, leaders of tomorrow, um, using both arts and activism to pave the way. And you've heard about LBC, you've heard about the Virtue Brand. Now we can't pretend that um, our guest of today, you know, is a sponsor, but maybe in the future, maybe in the future, <laughs> <laughs> we are so excited to introduce today's guest. Um, uh, pause, we gotta edit this. How do you say your last name? <laughs> I thought crazy. that's what you were gonna ask me. <laughs> I should have. You could just say Betrago. Petrago. Okay, that's what I thought, but then I was like, yo, watch me mess it up. <laughs> I'll mess it up. Write that down so we make sure to edit it out, David. I got, no, I know, I know exactly. <laughs> we are super stoked to introduce today's guest. Today's guest is Bliss Petrago, who is a herbalist and a holistic healer and the owner of Holistic Bliss. I first met Bliss through Zoom um, about a year and a half, almost two years ago. Um, she was participating in open market. Shout out to Imani of open market, putting our people on. Shout, yes. out to Imani. Shout out to Imani. Bliss was a vendor for open market where we were able to, um, shop BIPOC, um, BIPOC businesses. And I started talking to Bliss and immediately felt connected to her vibe. She was, um, selling different creams and other, other, um, holistic healing methods with, I just listened to her talk and I was like, wait a second, this is online. So I can't try these products through the screen, but I just feel like they're going to be great. I brought my mom into the zoom screen and we bought a whole bunch of products. And the moment um, they came to us a couple weeks later, we fell in love and I have been using the products ever since I literally just got out the shower and, and put this really beautiful um, uh, body butter on. And it just feels so great. Um, the teas have been healing. My mom hit me up last week saying that she finally started consistently using the bath, the bath teas. And um, there's just so much. So stay tuned for, for the end of this episode where we'll put you on to more of the products. But not only does um, Bliss make these products, she also works with mindfulness and movement and healing. And um, 
during my self-love. Y'all know my self-love week. During my self-love week in 2021, I invited Bliss on to be a speaker and um, someone who helped create a beautiful healing space for people who came to a, a movement workshop. And I can just remember a few individuals hitting me up afterwards saying that's the cleanse that they needed. Um, people actually breaking down and cleansing tears and I can only imagine that if this is taking place on Zoom, being around Bliss's energy in person is just like gonna last, that memory would last a lifetime. So it's weird to have somebody talk about you in front of you like this. <laughs> I really like blocked out the fact that I was looking at you and I was like, what do I love about this person? Um, so anyway, Bliss, enough from me. How are you doing? Thank you for being here. Let the world hear your voice. Yeah, thank you so much, Najwa and Quill, for having me. I am new to the podcast scene, but I'm excited to be here. And the energy infectiousness goes both ways. Uh, the second I met you and your mom, I was like, mm, these, these are some people I want to know. I really want to mm. get to know. And you all have just been so, so supportive of my work. You're just such genuine and authentic individuals. And I'm so glad that I met you. And especially through Imani, because she just brings people together. Yes, I need those people. We need those people. Yes. And that's what, you know, that's what we're aiming to do with this podcast a bit too, right? We want to, um, David came up with a, a phrase a little while ago, talking about how we want to amplify underrepresented voices and give them a throne. And this is your throne for the next, you know, 45 minutes to an hour. We want to amplify that voice and hear more about you. <laughs> um, so I guess I talked a lot about my personal relationship to to your business i feel like that's a great way to start can you just tell us about the journey how you started holistic bliss how'd you get here yeah so that started in 2018 um and originally the business was named blissful yoga i just like using my name it works too well in this um industry and i wanted to offer yoga and meditation and movement to those who really just needed a moment to breathe and to pause. And I recognized how much it had supported me in my own personal healing journey, um, being in a really toxic workplace, having a really challenging time with my own self-growth and um, empowerment just allowed me a lot more space to, to acknowledge the power that I had inside. And from that really just grew through my love of the, the land. Um, I'm a marine biologist by trade and sadly, maybe my master's isn't totally being put to use in my business, but I think it is. And my connection to the land was always very calming, very grounding, very nurturing, but also really connected me in a way that I couldn't quite articulate until now where it connects me to my ancestors. And that is healing for me in so many different facets of the way you can use the word healing. And I wanted to offer the practices and principles that have supported me so deeply to other um, BIPOCs. So I offer, of course, my herbalism work through my herbal uh, spiritual body products that really also support a, a ritual for you to get a deeper sense of yourself, um, acknowledge and listen to your inner voice and to deepen the relationship we have with our bodies. I remember the first day um, I was actually in my yoga teacher training when they asked me, what's your relationship with your body? And I was like, what do you mean? What's my relationship with my body? And hearing my, my peers share what they were working through of how they define their relationship with my body, their body allowed me to 
think more broadly of what is my relationship with my body currently or what do I want it to be? And that kind of really just opened the doors and tied together all of my herbal practices, my mindfulness practices and my healing and brought it all together of I'm doing this so I can hear my most genuine, authentic self more loudly. And that's really what I like to do in my work, in my healing spaces and my community offerings is to allow individuals just a moment, if anything, to hear that voice a little bit more deeply. That is amazing. Just so you know, that's like, that's like, I'm blown away. Thank you so much for sharing that too. That's something that I know a lot of folks, um, once you figure out like everything you said, I'm just going through my mind, like toxic workplace, ancestors, things of that herbal remedies, everyone wants to get more comfortable. I am curious, um, two questions, you know, how long have you been doing this and what was that switch? Um, cause I know you went for marine biology. What was the switch that took you like, Hey, this is what I have to do moving forward. Um. I'll probably go to the switch one first. Um, <laughs> I was at a toxic nonprofit and environmental nonprofit doing the work I thought I should be doing with the degree that I had. And I realized how much for me, the environmental work I wanted to be doing wasn't just about the environment. It was about our communities. And it's really challenging when the typical framework and environmental nonprofit culture is putting the environment in the forefront, but then sometimes not even that, it's putting profit before the environment. Mm. And I think working in the nonprofit space primarily, I thought I was shielded from that type of workplace. And to recognize that how I chose to walk through this life wasn't how this industry that I'd given so many of my years to also chose to. And that misalignment was my my tipping point. Um, It allowed me to redefine things for myself, to pave a different path and to allow myself the permission, not knowing I needed it um, and trying to need it less in the future, but giving myself that permission to choose differently. Um, And I've been doing it ever since. So that was back in late 2018. So for a while, I was working full time while starting my business part time. And ironically, the pandemic kind of gave me the space and the permission to lean all the way into my business. Um, My herbal work gave me so much comfort and I saw how much I was giving my friends and family. And I finally listened to their pleas to (laughs) share it with others. (laughs) (laughs) And ironically, that's that's really the the incubation tank that I needed to allow myself to fully and authentically share my gift with others. And it is such a gift. And I'm so happy that you recognize that. I find so often that people have these gifts and for whatever reason, society makes us think that we have to play coy or make us think that humility means not acknowledging that you have a gift. When in all actuality, you, I, from what I can see, you seem to be so incredibly humble and you recognize that you have a gift. So I just really wanted to shout you out and appreciate you for calling it a gift and not not doing the thing that so many of us do from time to time, like, oh no, no, no. You know, like, yes, yes, yes. I'm healing folks. I'm healing myself along the way. That's you. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate that. It took a lot and a while to get here to say that and feel comfortable saying that. But honestly, I guess I kind of give myself the the credit and the gratitude, but I also reflected back of 
I'm only one person and what I do, the space that I hold for my community and for the individuals I get to work with, I'm just one person and they have to meet me halfway in order to actually have a level of impact in those spaces. So I'm grateful and thankful that I can do this work with my community and it's healing for me. It's healing for us as a collective and that level of collaboration and more of an emotional sense is... I like can't, I don't have words for how valuable that is. And for me, especially through the pandemic, I, I really started offering my healing sessions. So I was like, gosh, this is something I need. Like I'm emotionally distraught. I just couldn't grapple, grapple with the grief that my body was carrying, that our communities were facing. And that's when I realized I didn't need to be quote unquote healed in, in order to hold healing space for my community because we could heal together. And can you, um, that's a beautiful transition into something that's just been on my mind. Can you just talk about the importance of healing in our communities, right? I believe that you identify as Afro-Latinx, right? So um, I imagine that there's a lot of, um, when you say your community, that's what you're talking about. But I just wonder, you know, um, speaking from using an I statement, being from a Black community that sometimes doesn't feel like we should care for ourselves, um, even with something like therapy and things like that, I recognize that the work that you're doing is so important. I just want to um, hear your own take on why it's important to create these healing spaces for our communities. Oh, you hit on so many good points there. Um, <laughs> I mean, I do it for myself. So I do my healing for me first and foremost, but I also completely recognize how much I've had a perspective change by seeing healing the people around me. And healing in the way we talk about ourselves and how we view therapy. It's, it's seen as so much as we're, we're being selfish, that we're talking about our problems to a stranger, if my mother would probably call it. We should hate if I said that. <laughs> we can edit. But, we can edit. <laughs> but it's, it's redefining those things that we grew up hearing and those perspectives and mentalities that aren't ours they are valid because they're someone else's, but recognizing that I get to choose my own path forward. And for me, that's a big piece of why healing is so important in communities of color, but especially black and brown communities, because we have known nothing but trauma up until this point. And when we're living in a constant state of feeling like my body is unsafe, we're making decisions and we're having perspectives that are not our own. They're our body's primary um, response to how can I make you safe? How can I protect you? And when we heal, we and acknowledge what we're holding. And I've been working a lot of my own ancestral trauma that I'm carrying we end up being able to see our decisions, how we take care of ourselves, how we take care of others in a different light. And that to me is our resistance. And I say that a lot of like our healing is our resistance because during the pandemic, when folks were in the streets making their voices heard, I didn't feel as comfortable being a on the floor activist. And I felt I honestly felt like I wasn't serving my community by not being a protester out in the streets. And it took me a lot. And I'm saying it took some amazing posts on Instagram to remind me that my work is the resistance as well. And we all play a different role and that looks differently, but they collectively bring us to the same point of our liberation and movement. 
Well, I can say firsthand your work probably is one of the most important works that our community needs. Um, and it's something that you said about ancestral trauma because in school, they don't really teach you about what was really going on. Um, certain schools, let's say that. I'm not going to generalize anymore. I'm trying to get away from that because generalization gets you in a doozy in this world. Um, but most schools, they kind of shy away from the hard topics. That's the best way to explain it. And when I found myself going through essentially my journey of understanding my culture and then also reading about you know slavery, different things that happened to our community, you, you made the point, we take that on as our burden. Um, and when I was finally able to do, I guess, my own self-talking and healing understanding, that wasn't my dad's journey. So why am I taking that on? Why am I taking on people that I don't necessarily know, but also they're a part of my journey? But why not take it a step further and kind of continue down the right path and getting our and helping our community get down that path too? I'm just curious because ancestral trauma, when you, I, I saw your bio and I was like, this is something that's so interesting and so many people have different thoughts about this. And it's a lot of the resistance where people can't see eye to eye um, in the landscape, the political landscape and what I'm talking about. It's like, I'm just curious as to how you view it and yeah, just how you view it essentially. Um, and what you, what you think about it with the people that don't really understand why it's so important to put a point of emphasis on. I, so first to the people who feel like it's not important, for me, you have to know what something is in order to be able to say that. And more often than not, we're saying something's not important because it's uncomfortable and we don't want to look at it. We don't want to sit with it. We want to just ignore it. And healing is all about being uncomfortable. <laughs> mm -hmm. yep. um, I say it to my clients all the time that healing from trauma is trauma in and of itself but it's trauma with an end goal. It's not a cyclic trauma of, I consistently need to figure out how to make myself feel safe and I'm not making decisions that are mine and making decisions that my body is automatically doing as a response to the unsafety that surrounds me. But our ancestral trauma is so complex for every and each individual because it's, it's raw and it's, it's real. Like it's, I hate to say that it's real because science now says it, but science does now say it. <laughs> yep, they do. That's why. That, so exactly. Yep. Yep. Our trauma is passed down in our DNA. And I, I use the word trauma and trauma is so many more things than just I witnessed the most horrific thing. Trauma can be something so as simple as stress. And we withstand stress almost every single day of our <laughs> lives. But we don't recognize the actual physical and mental and emotional impact that's having on our bodies, on our health, and on our well-being. And to me, when that gets passed on from generation to generation, I can't change what happened behind me. I can only change what happens moving forward. And it's, of course, beyond supremely challenging that we have to face what has happened behind us in order to move forward. Mm -hmm. But to me, I wouldn't be living the life I want for myself. And I also wouldn't be living the life I know my ancestors fought so I could still be here if I didn't do that. Love that. No, I appreciate wow. you sharing that. Seriously, my mind wants to go so many places. Um, yeah, ancestral travel is crazy. I, yeah, love talking about, I love talking about it because 
it's just so interesting to talk about. I don't know why, but it, it truly does help when you actually have the conversation, even with people that don't believe in it. Mm-hmm. To your point, Bliss, it, it helps them understand like this is something that is being looked at, needs to be looked at. And of course, science is science. Everyone's like denying science. Like they have found it within people, like knowing that it is, but it's, of course, it's going to still be disputed no matter what. Doesn't matter what you put on the internet anymore. Science can read it, anything like that. But go ahead, Nash. Sorry. It's just so interesting to me. When I saw it, I got so excited. No, I don't think that um, I, this is really interesting conversation for me because I hadn't heard that science accepted it yet, you know. Um, I didn't need to, to accept it myself. But if I'm being completely honest, it's something that I know to be inherently true, but I don't know much about because I've just been trying to deal with my own stuff, knowing that it's real, you know. So um, that's why I love this podcast is because we get to talk about people and we learn every single time we talk to someone new, we grow. And so I'm growing from hearing this because I've never done research on it. You know what I mean? Like I've been very I, I got into mindfulness several years ago and and very into my own healing and especially even in the last year but I didn't know how deeply rooted it was, right? Without just using the word and the phrase. So I appreciate uh, both of you for bringing it up more. And I guess my question is, and this is such a big, vague question. Go for it. Like how, you know, like you're a healer and I've taken, you know, a session with you and I'm trying to take another one. I'm trying to take another one. <laughs> Come up on that um, how, how, how are you doing it? How are you working on yourself and working with others? Oh gosh, that is a good one. Tactical, tactical. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we, um, we got listeners. <laughs> I probably will start with how I'm working with others, and then I'll bring it back to myself. So I'll go specific mm-hmm. and then go general. Okay. How I'm working with others is honestly offering space for them to have their voice be heard. Um, so a lot of my clients equate our healing space as like therapy. I'm like, call it whatever you want. I'm not a licensed therapist, but call it whatever you want. <laughs> and they sometimes just need a space to feel heard. Um, they need a space to process. They need a space to say what they're feeling or say what they're not feeling or say that they're unsure of what they're feeling. And I find it so interesting that we don't often have enough spaces to just do that. And that in and of itself to me ends up being a huge piece of the work that I do with a lot of my clients. Um, So we'll do talk therapy. We'll talk about what music they're really liking because a song they're really liking typically ends up pulling up with what's top of mind for them. What's Mm -hmm. really maybe something that's bothering them, something they can't put their finger on, but in a way the music you're listening to is helping you put a finger on it. Um, I do a lot of somatic work, which is why I love doing movement and breath work because our body physically holds the trauma that we are holding. And when you do that, your body becomes the key to unlocking that. And it's something as simple as I hold a lot of tension in my neck and my shoulder. And that is deeply rooted in my insecurity in myself, my insecurity Mm. and how I like silence my voice and my perspective and my opinion. And as I keep working through that healing journey for myself, I feel the weight literally fall off of my shoulders. And to notice the power of our breath, because we're always, and I think this is what I'm always trying to emphasize to my clients is 
the space we hold is for them to develop practices that serve them in the moments that they need it. Because we're always going to incur more racial trauma, more anxiety, more stress. That doesn't mean it stops once you heal what you're currently holding. But the most important thing is developing the practices that allow you to process and heal in situations moving forward. So a lot of that is your breath work. When you're breathing, kind of like now, I'm excited. <laughs> when you're excited, you can also be anxious and your, your um, blood pressure is rising, your heart is beating. But once you take a deep breath, your heart rate slows down. And to know that that is such a simple movement, that in theory, we're doing every day, but we're unconsciously doing it. And when you consciously control your breath, I personally think it's the autonomy we feel in that moment that helps put us at ease. Because that's what anxiety is. Anxiety is fear of the unknown. <laughs> it's fear yeah. of the uncertainty. And when you focus on the things you do have power and autonomy over, it feels a little bit more comfortable. Like, okay, I can't, I have no control of what happens over here, but I can control everything that happens here. And that's all I can do. And so you have, that's, oh, sorry, sorry. No, 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 go for it. No, I was just curious. Like, so you have a breakdown. Cause I've heard about that. Like the tension in your neck that serves us. Like there's a breakdown of the body and what kind of tensions you have. Like you have a, a guide oh, you can share. There. <laughs> <laughs> I'll press a button on something. I, I actually personally don't have a guide. It's a, something I've picked up from like random resources yes. here and there. But more than anything, it's related to the person's way of life. So just because mm. that is where I hold my attention and that gets related to my insecurity for someone else, it could be because they feel unsafe often and they have their shoulders up as a way of protecting themselves. Mm. So the same area of tension doesn't necessarily tell the same story for the same person, but it does give you clues of what it could be. Got it. No, that's that's great information. That's what my back always hurts. I'm always stressed. So that makes sense. So I think that's where I hold a lot of my tension. Even when I get a good night's rest, I'm still tired because of my back. So I got to look into that more. Mm-hmm. Thank you. And that's that's such a really good point is I often and obviously our rest is so important and I love sleep. But just because you've gotten a good night's sleep doesn't mean that your entire body has like reset. Like whatever happened the day before, if you haven't had time to process it, you're carrying that with you into the next day. Mm. Yeah, I like and that. I, I love that. I also love your emphasis on breath and breath work. Um, even though, of course, we breathe every day and that's how we're, we're staying alive, but we don't take, many of us don't take the moments to stop and breathe right and that's why i love mindfulness from time to time i'll just do a a quick 15 to 20 second video and put it on my instagram where i just tell people to slow down Mm -hmm. and breathe with me and um i appreciate that that's the work that you're doing i'm gonna get back to that in a second too because no i mean we don't we don't often have our little show and tells on this podcast but when somebody does something if it's within practice to lead us through some breathing, we'd love that. But oh, I'd be happy to do some breath work. Yes. yes. Okay. We'll get we'll definitely get back to that. But so you said if our bodies don't have the time to process. Um and then there's something else you said, um, oh, just because you get a good night's rest doesn't mean your body has the time to process and you can be carrying the stress and everything still. Um, I'm wondering if that ties into some of your actual products because I know that. I, first of all, I had no idea that you were a trained marine biologist, aka you're a scientist. <laughs> like, let's go. That's so cool. Um, 
do you, I'm not going to say do, because of course you're intentional. I want to hear about the intentionality behind what you put into these products, right? Like I, I love the, um, Abuelita's, uh, what is it? The bath tea? Oh, the clarity. Clarity is your favorite. (laughs) I love clarity, but, um, uh, Abuelita's. Only Abuelita's cookies. Yeah. So, I mean, I can't not have it, at least for me, I can't not have intention with everything I do because it's such a big part of me. And my business is myself, my healing, my ancestral lineage. It's so much of me rolled up into it that every aspect of it, I have to do with intention. So yeah, you're completely right. It comes down to the ingredients I put in there, the herbs that I use, because as an herbalist, we all know there's so many different uses for one single herb and to know which herbs you want to pair it with to amplify one of those uses. So for instance, and I also name my products with that same intention. So like, and kind of my sister used to joke with me that it sounds kind of like gimmicky doing a one name title. And I was like, no, but like it hit home. It's the intention. Like Mm. when I tell you I'm making this hair oil for the resilience of your hair and yourself, I'm calling it resilience. Like what else would I call it? I like that. I like that. (laughs) And the herbs speak to that as well, because all of the herbs in that um, hair and body oil are about antioxidants or about protecting our skin and our body from stressors are about allowing our body to adapt to stress and um, challenges and trauma. And it's just like, oh, there's so much to it. Um, (laughs) That's why I love doing the work that I do because it's so hands-on, it's so personal. And so much of what I offer are things I needed for myself or that I was making for a friend or a family member. And I was like, you know what? There's other people who could need this. And the one you mentioned, um, we have Alita's cookies. It's so my, my grandmother is from Costa Rica and she passed away when I was a kid. And so I really personally never got to know her, but she makes these bomb cookies that everyone in my family tries to recreate because no one has the recipe. And I really love oatmeal. I find it really soothing. Um, I'm a person who just have always loved baths when I was a kid. And my mom is really big on giving us oatmeal baths. And I think I was just trying to find a more grounding yet like citrusy spicy formula and I was just kind of playing around with things and my mother loves ginger so I was like okay let me think maybe a little bit of ginger I was like all right maybe some orange and as I was making it my mother was like what is that smell and I was like oh it's like a new like oatmeal bath and like playing around with like does it smell bad and she was like no it smells like your grandmother's cookies and I was like oh wow Um, wow. And I tell you, I, at least I did not know that there is orange in her cookie recipe. And the pairing of all of those herbs. I kind of got chills. Yeah. It <laughs> gave me chills when she said it. I was yeah, like, that's are you literally, literally <laughs> being like, you were literally inspired by your ancestors. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. And I find that happens a lot. Um, in the teas that I make, my family are big tea drinkers. My mother jokes, like me and my sister are drinking teas in our baby bottles. I <laughs> honestly think it's completely true. Um, and I've always had a connection to like chamomile and lemongrass. So my mother gave me chamomile a lot as a kid. I have a very deep mm. relationship with that plant. But of course, my mother gave that to me because her mother gave it to her. And the same way our ancestral trauma gets passed on, the beautiful mannerisms, our 
quirkiness, our likes get passed on as well. And it was so nice to see that being able to develop this relationship with this herb is almost me being able to develop that relationship with my grandmother. That's cool. Beautiful. That's super cool. Wow. Wow. See, so, yeah, that's the one my mom um, used last week and was like really loving. And um, I wonder, and I'm going to, I'm going to follow back up with her later and just see like what it made her think of. Cause who knows? Maybe. Exactly. Yeah. She really loved it. <laughs> she really, really loved it. Wow. And that's and, what um, I love about my work is I, I have my intention and all I can do is share that with others and how it resonates or lands with someone else. That's, that's up to them. And I am always open and really excited to see how folks receive it. Yes. This is just so cool. Um, yeah, David, you have to, you got to like run to her website after. <laughs> I, will. I definitely got to check it out. I'm trying, I'm trying to get into, I don't like using any like Dove or anything like that. I'm trying to get more like natural products. So um, also make sure I, I send my fiance there to pick some, pick some stuff up from me. Cause that's cool. I love hearing that. Cause it's so interesting how that works. You, like, I don't know. I'm very spiritual. So it's almost mm -hmm. like your grandmother kind of put that there. Mm -hmm. She was with you making that. And that was your way yeah. of connecting with her, which is, yeah. I love, I love hearing things like that. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't know. I don't know if you cook at all. I imagine you probably make some bomb food, but <laughs> I have to be the one to recreate her cookies. Oh my gosh. So I'm more the baker in my family. So I think mm -hmm. it kind of, yeah, it's, mm. it's definitely my task to take on. So we'll see. Maybe I'll yeah. take a crack at it. Yes. And send them my way. When you do the vegan version, I'll be here to try. <laughs> vegan Girl, version. all I eat is vegan. <laughs> <laughs> well, of course. And I never knew that specifically, but like, of course, of course you're plant-based. <laughs> Hold on. So we, okay, we have to have a recipe sharing circle then. <laughs> yeah, most definitely. Yes. I love it. Um, Man, this is... You are so cool. <laughs> you're so cool. No, nah, that's it's, it's like awesome to hear because your journey is really cool. And I, I do, I, I hear you bring up your family a lot. I'm just curious about like what from your, I guess, childhood growing up, what, what is motivating you the most to continue on with that? Mm. Okay. I like that question, David. Yeah. I like that. You like that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't get stumped too often, although I learned to take my time with answering questions. You're breathing. You um, I'm okay. I'm going to say two things. One, it's completely and totally my mother. Um, she oh. has developed such a mindset in me to share what I have with others. Um, I think it's her upbringing of just being very local and community-based and she always used to say it like everyone in the neighborhood raised her and that's how it was for everyone right. and granted I don't sadly have that in New York but I definitely nope. have that in the mentality of how we support and take care of each other so that definitely pushes me to continue um, my entrepreneurship journey but I think another big piece to it um, is my younger self uh, I think it was during the pandemic it kind of came up for me that I I needed to like talk to her. I needed to um, apologize. I needed to let her voice be heard and validate that. And a lot of what she loved, I'm doing now, but I lost it 
between her and me. (laughs) Reclaiming that has been, yeah, have no words. (laughs) What do you think she would say to you now? Oh, damn. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I think she'd be damn proud. Um, It's, it's always been something that I loved working with the land. Like it's, it's so simple, but like little DIY things I'd like find in the magazine of like making your own like face mask and like lip gloss. And I honestly almost started a fire in my microwave making like homemade lip gloss, (laughs) (laughs) but it's, it's that side of me who love just like working with my hands. I love working with things from the land and I love being able to make my own things. And still to this day, I like make my own hair gel. I like buy nobody else's teas but my own (laughs) it's just it's something about being able to make something that's completely yours that just feels really personalized of course but then you feel more deeply connected to the process yeah Yeah, that's that's awesome a lot of your story I sometimes I think I'm crazy I'm not gonna lie and what you said is it's so strange that you said it because not strange in a bad way strange in a good way is because like I've when I was younger, you know, you're one way, you think you're one way and there's things that you really like. And then you go through when you talk about the toxic um, workplace and you go through that phase and you work there for a while. And then you start to find yourself doing the things you liked when you were 17, 15, 16, mm-hmm. 18. And that's where I find myself now, what I'm most passionate about. It's almost as if we had to put up this wall of what we were not to get where we thought we were trying to go. And now mm. we're able to come back being comfortable with who we are, mm-hmm. finding ourselves. It's so dope talking to you. I really like this. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for sharing that. that yeah. So that's cool. That's cool. That's mm. super cool. I'll be thinking I'm crazy. My fiance definitely think I'm crazy. But it's all right. I still love it. <laughs> Honestly, well, the nice. people are the best ones. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> And it's like we peel we peel back these layers just to reveal who we we've always been. Always been. Yep. Like and we see it now now that we're adults, children know. Children like, know. Yeah. That's not to say that we're not gonna grow and change. I'm sure there's plenty of people out there who thought they were gonna be a scientist, for example, and like end up being an actor. I thought I was I wanted to be a scientist as a kid. But then what I really wanted to do, I realized it wasn't science that I was fa- I was fascinated with but I um I loved cooking from a young age I was up here cooking I've been watching TikTok videos of gentle parenting in Montessori and like Ooh. kids who are like cooking by age three and stuff and like it's interesting let's just put it that way it's interesting I'll just keep it at that no but then I, I love that when <laughs> I looked back I'm like my parents didn't necessarily do this Montessori thing but I'm like I was cooking at a young age and it clicked for me I don't I'm not interested in necessarily being a chef in this lifetime, you know, and like making my own business solely, but I love cooking. I love cooking my vegan foods and it's a science to it. I never liked following the I was the one to create them. So as a kid, I was like, I'm a scientist. No, I'm a chef. And as quiet as it's kept, like, you know, we're doing our LBC business, my mom and I, and you know, I'm doing the, the acting thing, but she, she always, she has a sign in her kitchen called vegan palace where everyone's treated like royalty. And the goal is to one day open up, a restaurant, you know, it's just a lot of work as you know, you know, running your own business. But I'm like, yeah, I knew as a kid, that's what I wanted to do. Like we stray from these paths. I'm not going to quit everything because I also knew as a kid that I wanted to, to connect with people through the arts. I knew that and we we do so many different things. So I love that you brought that up too, um, David, like 
our younger selves knew. They knew. Yeah. Yep. They did. Yankees. I'm always bringing up some of his past jobs. And he's like, yo, you can't say that. You can't say the name of the job. You're going to get me in trouble. Nah, nobody, nobody here from there. They're not ready to grow. Be woke. <laughs> Be uncomfortable, excuse me. Yes. But I think that's that's so powerful is to be able to unlock that inner voice of our younger selves that's always been there, just got clouded by everyone else's expectations, opinions, um, and just the TV. toxic internalization, yep, <laughs> of society. Yeah. Yo, so I'm not even gonna lie. She's <laughs> <laughs> about to say something crazy. <laughs> Do I feel like this conversation alone? Like he's healing me. Yeah, I know healing it, me. But I, I mean it literally. Like I, I texted David earlier. I was like, you might have to do more of the talking. I got mm-hmm. a um, Start I got talking. a bacterial infection in my, in my throat. No. I know. In in when I tell you the types of things I put in my body, like I'm just so, I'm like so healthy. Um, I think the mask wearing and the distancing has probably made me more susceptible th- for things. But a few years back, I got strep a lot, and then from there, I was like, nope. Like I need to have elderberry as part of my practice consistently, my seed moss, everything like that. Yeah. So when I had a sore throat the other day, I said, oh, it must have been from like talking when I woke up and I was like, oh, and there's white spots not to be too graphic. I'm like, oh, no. Mm. And I wanted to be like cocky, you know, like this can't be because I'm, I'm the epitome of health, whatever. I'm also human. But when I tell you I could swallow easier. <laughs> I, I'm trying to tell you this conversation has not just like yeah. from my shoulders. I swear my uh, throat feels better. <laughs> you can't let the sickness capture you. You gotta, you gotta <laughs> keep going. Nah, bliss I mean, me. That that's that's healing, and you said it that like you find healing through like conversations. Like there's healing that's our self work of what we're doing for ourselves, and that needs to kind of be an internal process for the most part. But there's such profound healing that we do in community, and I think that's why the pandemic was also so challenging for folks is that we had to heal at a distance, and it was hard to find a place that you could feel that energy that you could feel safe that you can feel heard and understood but of course we all found our way through it because you deserve to have that energy it's different virtually but it's still there yeah absolutely absolutely um this has been so beautiful it's not we're not over yet but um i would love to circle back to some breath work (laughs) i I was waiting for it (laughs) wait for it right because i'm like if my shoulders feel better right now imagine oh we're gonna go in (laughs) for for us whoever our listeners are i think this would be so great yes love it all right y'all so find that comfortable seat for yourself. What I'll offer is just gently pushing the flesh aside from your bottom so you have a nice stable foundation if that feels comfortable. And just allow yourself to take in the surroundings around you. I keep my eyes are open. Clothes are open. I, you can keep them whichever way you want right now. I'll give you I might fall asleep. I'll keep them open. <laughs> Honestly, that is like secretly my goal in every like meditation. <laughs> if they sleep, I did my job hella yeah. right. That means they're comfortable and everything. That's dope. And honestly, what I say is give your body what it needs. And if that's what it needed, then that's what it needed. <laughs> that would be funny. <laughs> so as you take in the surroundings around you, bring your attention 
to the awareness of your body, the weight of it pressing into the seat beneath you, and the power of your breath as it's traveling through your body. You can gently close your eyes or just soften your gaze to bring your attention inwards. And allow yourself to take stock of what your body is telling you in this moment. Notice some areas of tension or tightness. You may find that through stillness or some gentle movement. And notice what's top of mind for you right now. Maybe there's something weighing upon your heart or your chest or your mind. And just acknowledge that, invite it into the space. Allow yourself to recognize the power that your body holds as it carries you through your daily life, through the many tasks of each day. And as you walk, dance, run, and every footstep through your journey. We're gonna take a nice deep collective inhale together. Exhale loudly through your mouth. And just let your body sink with every exhale. Let's do another deep collective inhale. Exhale loudly through your mouth. And come back to your natural conscious breathing pattern. Just breathe easily and effortlessly. But notice how your body reacts with each and every inhale and exhale. Perhaps your shoulders raise as your chest expands. Perhaps your shoulders sink as you exhale. Perhaps you notice your soft belly inflating like a gentle balloon with every inhale. And just notice your body's natural response with every inhale and exhale. I invite you to place your right hand on your heart and your left hand on your belly. Feel your heart beating underneath your palm. Notice its pattern, its force, and the temperature of your skin underneath your palms. Gonna take a nice deep collective inhale into our soft bellies, let it inflate like a gentle balloon, and exhale as you gently let it deflate. One more time, nice deep inhale into our soft bellies, and exhale as you let it deflate. I want you to just take a moment to acknowledge your power, your worth 
but also your rest and your healing. We are human, you are not invincible. Just take a moment to acknowledge how you can nourish and support your body in a deeper way and hold that intention in your heart. As you keep that intention top of mind, we're gonna take one last deep collective inhale, releasing our arms to our side or to our lap. Exhale deeply. And as we arrive back into our physical bodies, you can gently open your eyes. Almost fell asleep. <laughs> that was dope. <laughs> that was awesome. Yeah, make sure y'all make sure y'all buy a product. No freebies around here. Make sure y'all buy something. That's a free. That's a free session, real quick. Exactly. <laughs> that was dope. That was dope. Venmo, Venmo link in bio. Bliss is my back. My back was hurting. Now I feel better. That's good. Wow. I like that. I like, that. Awesome. I like that. I'm not even joking. That's pretty no, cool. I'm not surprised. Honestly, I, I and this is nothing that I did, but your breath is immensely powerful. Yeah. Um, yeah. I once had a client uh, after I did a, a retreat with them for a weekend. And the next day mm. she had to email me to say that she gets um, chronic. Oh gosh. Now I'm forgetting the word. Um, Oh, gosh, what's the word when um food that you eat? Acid reflux. Up. Thank you. Yeah, I she got you. Chronic acid reflux. And she was like, you know, after I did your retreat, it's like, well, let's try breathing. And she's an older <laughs> woman. So she's like, I didn't expect this at work. And she was like, but I was absolutely surprised that like it went away. And I was like, wow, I'm surprised it went away. <laughs> <laughs> no, that, that was good. I appreciate it. Yeah. So much stress, though, like in a lot of it is in our, our minds, even when, David, you were joking, but you were serious and you're like, yeah, you can't let the sickness get you so much is in our minds. As you said, I love you said, like, you are human. You're not invincible. Yeah. Bacteria affects us all. And sometimes we allow our brains to get us so caught up into certain ailments and things. And so breath is so amazing. That just felt so great. Imagine, David, if we did that every day. Yeah. Yeah. I'd feel a lot better every day. <laughs> I'm, I'm definitely getting better at doing it consistently. Um, I do this with, with my students because it's important. I want them to have it from a young age. And so to me, it's so nice when someone else and someone who has more training and has really incorporated into their life can lead me. Um, and so I've been trying to remind myself to do it more consistently, not lead it always. And so I have different apps where they're leading through things, but, um, have I done it in the last week? No. So this was a beautiful reminder for me. And even just setting the intentions, not that we need to share our intentions, but I've been in the process of recreating my space. And I feel that in the last week or so, I haven't reset it the way I want. I'm looking at things that just feel out of place. And, and I know that my space affects me. And so for things to be out of even as you're like, look around, I couldn't wait to close my eyes because I didn't want to look around my space mm. that are just that are just thrown about, you know, not filthy, but a little cluttered. And this has definitely inspired me, like as I'm working on my breathing, 
in, in, in clearing my mental space to clear my physical space too, which will help in my healing. So I really appreciate what you just walked us through. Yeah. And the thing I try to always remind myself because developing a new practice or just strengthening a practice is always challenging. Give yourself a minute. You'd be surprised what just a minute of intentional breathing and meditation. Meditation doesn't have to look like I'm seated on a nice cushion with my legs crossed. You can do walking (laughs) meditation. I have so many clients who meditate to music. You meditate to what feels right to you. Um, Drawing can be meditative. Mm -hmm. Anything that feels like your mind goes in autopilot and you just are in the moment and super present, that is meditating. And whatever that looks like for you, bring more of it into your life. I do that reading. I don't know if that's possible, but that's that's wow. what I, every every night every night I try to read at least because I I don't that's so I don't awesome. I work yeah I work remotely now so I don't have I used to use the subway to read every morning before I go mm. to work but now since I work from home I don't have that forty five minutes to do it so mm-hmm. every night before I go to bed I try my best to read like 10, 11 pages just to get my mindset then I'm up for the next three hours and going to bed at like twelve thirty. So it's not, I kind of throw it all away after the meditation, but (laughs) for those nine pages, I'm in a very zen, zen feeling. Yeah. And it gives your brain and your mind just time to decompress. Like we were talking about, like I've tried to get into the habit of meditating for even just a couple of minutes before bed. And it allows me to just like release anything else. I may be holding on like one small thing that happened earlier that morning, but it's still in the back of my mind and Mm. just allow my brain time to rest. I have a very overactive brain. I'm always thinking about a million things. So that's so needed. Same. Same. Um, something I started this year is, um, I don't know if either of you have heard of The Artist Way. Mm-hmm. It's a um, it's a book for, for artists, ho- however you might consider yourself that. Um, it takes you through a bunch of different things. But one of the things that they want you to do consistently is um, morning pages. And so I've never been much of a consistent journaler by any means. Mm-hmm. But it's just like a dump, like how people say on Instagram, photo dump. It's just a dump of all the things that are in your mind the moment you wake up. And I, I've been doing that. And it's been so great because instead of touching my phone, I'm touching my journal. And they try to tell you to do three pages at least. Sometimes it's been more. A couple of times it's been less if I had something to get to. But that's been so healing for me as well. And I think a, a form of meditation to just write and just yeah. write every thing. Um, oh, yeah. And I've never been like, I've been like, oh, journaling. You know, it's been a lot of but I'm like, I guess I have something to say every single day. It's been really, really cool. That's yeah. Um, I want to just, before we wrap up, I just want to put on notice. I've never seen such a soft smile on David's face. Like such a smile. <laughs> I love this. This has been really good. I like this. This was, this was good. I like it. This is awesome, Bliss. Um, we're just going to wrap up with with some some questions that we ask everyone, but this is just so beautiful. So we want to first just say thank you for your time. because yeah. Oh my gosh. Thank you for having me. I think these platforms and these conversations are so needed, whether they're virtual, in person. I love listening to a podcast and you just feel like you're part of the conversation. So thanks for holding the space and for the work you both are doing. Appreciate you. So we always ask our guests um, a series of questions. So the first one is, what does the phrase underrepresented representative mean to you? Ah, so for me, it's, and that's so hard to like encapsulate this because I think 
diversity is often seen as a racial breakdown, but to me, I see it as also like mindset, like how Mm -hmm. you process something, Naja is not going to be how I process it. And for us to be able to share our own thought leadership around that allows both of us to have a wider context. And I think that's needed in so many different situations and spaces. And when you say underrepresented representative, it's bringing someone to the table who's going to expand what's already there. Write that down, David. Write that down. (laughs) Because that's exactly when we first started the podcast, everyone assumed it was all folks of color. And we were like, we had to like actually tell people like, that's not, it's about thought. And you Mm -hmm. say that. You articulated that perfectly. <laughs> I think it's it's been a really hot topic, for lack of a better yeah. word, of how do you define diversity? And it's mm-hmm. consistently been very centered around tokenism because it was always about race. But I think slowly folks are starting to realize that it's it's a wider context and also a wider application. Like we don't just talk about diversity in a workplace or diversity in who's in the leadership seats. It's also diversity in our schools. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. It's so, so much more. As you were speaking, it made me realize, I think we started this into the 2018 as well. These. Nice. Mm-hmm. I'm like, wow. And um, I was thinking about anniversaries. Yeah. <laughs> All right, we throw in a party, everybody. You're invited. <laughs> um, and it made me think back to the school that I was working at when I, um, you know, when we started this, right? I just stopped working at, and everyone wanted to talk about how it was so diverse because uh, it was predominantly black and brown children. And I'm like, like, actually, no, it's not. Like, I think this is another form of segregation in schools mm-hmm. and charter schools are messing up with that. Like, it's not diverse at all. There is literally one type of student and they get confused when they go to a different part of Brooklyn because they're like, whoa, I didn't know that others existed. So anyway, that's a conversation <laughs> today. But, you know, it always bothered me that people thought that diversity was like, we're going to have some black kids. Like, no. <laughs> exactly. Um. Yes. And so uh, the next question is, when are times that you felt particularly underrepresented in your life? Oh, God, most aspects of my life. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, probably just because you were talking about school, it's like way too top of mind. Uh, So I went to like Catholic middle, elementary and middle school, and I was always like one of two, maybe black kids in my class. Mm -hmm. Um, And it was, I think especially in a school setting, it was always challenging because you're learning about slavery. Like in theory, you're learning about my history from a very different perspective yeah. and lens. And the second, I swear, you turn to the chapter on slavery, every kid in the class looks at you as if I'm supposed to have a take on slavery. <laughs> and I think exactly what you were just talking about when it comes to underrepresented representatives, when you become the monolith of an entire race, that's a big problem. (laughs) Mm. And for us at such a young age, as like children to already be buying into that mindset was really scary. Um, But I think that gets translated sadly to a lot of spaces um, in the nonprofit space, um, in the tech space, um, in the wellness industry, which is a whole nother conversation. There's so many areas and on a very like basic level where I don't often find someone who 
I can like say something from my childhood and they would get it or that I can say something that like I grew up with my mom or like my family doing and they would get it. And when I'm in the streets of Brooklyn and I hear someone with a Caribbean twang and I'm like, oh my God, it sounds like my auntie. That is me feeling seen in such a way that is seemingly simple, but like has such an impact on my sense of place, but then also sense of belonging. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Wow. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah, yeah thank course. you. Absolutely. It's interesting how, you know, just a voice, right, or dialect can make us feel seen, safe, and heard. That's really mm-hmm. awesome. Um, and then the last one is, do you have a sort of hometown hero that you feel someone helping to represent um, and amplify your community? Somebody, like, maybe who doesn't have a lot of play, or, I don't know, could be a baseball player, but somebody who's a hometown <laughs> hero. To you. So, and don't hate me for, like, taking the question in this direction I think everyone's a hometown hero so like I'm a big person because the the fact that we talked so much about our own personal healing to me that is so instrumental in our our movement towards a more mutual aid mindset and collective liberation and for Mm. me when we're all doing that work as hard as it is that is each of us being our own hero for ourselves but also for our whole community yeah, that's, that I always I get so frustrated sometimes because like we live in a very like it's becoming very toxic in a sense where I think it's a lot of it's online. It's not really happening as much as we think it is in the real world. But like if we all shifted our mindsets to like help first, we would live in like such a better world. Like if you walk past something as simple as like walking past a parking meter and seeing someone running low. Like, oh, I have a dime. I can just put it in there. It's like such simple things that would make this world. I just, as I get older, I don't understand why people don't think like that. Like, I always get frustrated Mm -hmm. driving. People cut you off like there's not humans in the cars. I'm like, come on. (laughs) It's like, come on. It's so simple to be kind. No one's perfect. I'm not saying I'm perfect. Of course I have my days. But I'm just like, as I get older and knowing, like, I want to have a future family, I'm like, damn, what is going on? on right now yeah in moments like that I always try to stop and think is what am I losing by giving that person a dime if they needed that dime and what could I potentially gain out of it and then what I could gain is insurmountably larger than what I could lose why wouldn't I do it absolutely I I just love you know I, I I try not to get upset about a lot of things um that I can't change right So, but just recently this week, um, I guess I wasn't moving fast enough. A car was kind of close to the side of the road where I wanted to keep going to get in the right lane. And so I was going to wait until the cars moved up a little bit, right? Patience, beautiful. Wasn't moving fast enough, I suppose, for a motorcyclist and um, someone on the back. And so you started, I started to hear the beeps or whatever. And, um, you know, from my, my car windows were closed and I heard something. Didn't sound like curses or anything, but something about I wasn't moving fast enough. And so then they like cut in motorcycle, cut me off. Like you just said, David, and then went and like turned. But like the 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 person on the back of this person's bike, you know, did the double fingers. Mm. And it's like, it's like for what? Yeah. And I didn't I haven't thought about it since that moment. But I'm like, for what? I have never been a posi- in a position where I felt that much rage and it just mm-hmm. for me it's about paying it forward I'm gonna pay I'm gonna put my kindness in every situation that I can but I can understand if somebody's moving 
too slow for you or like, you know, I'm not the best defensive driver. Maybe I really was holding up traffic. So I'm not even that upset that he went in front of me. I, I believe it was he, but whoever the motorcyclist went in front of me. But like, was it really necessary? Too much. Like, what did that do? And so I just, there's nothing I can change about that moment, but I can be kind no matter what. I try to let people go when they're waiting, you know, more often than not, because I know what it feels like to be that person waiting to go. Mm. But it's just mind boggling. I try not to think about it too much, but it's mind boggling to me that people can have so much hurt in them that they want to put it out to the world. Um, and so I try to live with my life with kindness and I appreciate people like you, David, and people like you, Bliss, who are clearly trying to pay it forward. Um, yeah. We appreciate but, people like you, Josh. Shout out to all of us. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's kind of also funny. It's like, if, that snapshot of that moment was like the legacy for your whole life. Are you proud of yourself in that moment? Ooh, I like that. And there's, I, and not every situation obviously can lend itself to that, but like, I like to think about things of I'm going to treat someone the way I would like to carry myself through this life. And for me to look back and be like, yeah, I did the best I could. (laughs) No, that's dope. That's dope. Absolutely. Well, Bliss, this has been amazing. Absolutely amazing. I So there's a segment that we do that's like fun and quick and you respond to and I put it together, but I don't even want to do it with you because I just love that. I mean, it's it's cool, I guess, but I just love the space that we created and I want whoever's listening to to end with with this. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, agree. I agree. I actually wholeheartedly agree. Yeah, it would change the whole vibe. I, now, I am going to change the vibe anyway because I got to do this one. Bliss, <laughs> you are incredible. Let me know. Can you hear this song? Bliss. <laughs> crazy. It's crazy. That is so the crazy. sound of coronation because, based off of today and the healing energy you are bringing to us, to our listeners and to so many others on a daily basis, we would like to crown you the underrepresented representative of the week. I'm giving Aww. you a crown. We appreciate you so much. You're gonna just look, you see the crown on the screen? Boom. Oh, I see it. It's on. It's on. <laughs> um, you are actually every day. I love that you guys do a crown because you're reminding me early in my healing journey, I stumbled upon um, James Baldwin's quote, and I'm totally going to butcher it, but it was something along the lines of um, black healing is reclaiming the crown that has already been bestowed upon you. And mm. I've always said, I'm going to get the Basquiat crown as a tattoo and I need to do it now even more. So That's y'all did this to me. Yes. <laughs> That's we so love good. that. You have to get it and send us a picture when you do. I will. Please do. Please <laughs> do. Now, this has been Bliss. awesome. Thank you so much. Um, the space you created, the, the honesty, the transparency, like, it's much appreciated. I think it's going to really translate well with folks that listen, too. Um, so thank you. Absolutely. Thank you for sharing a bit of bliss with us. Oh, my God. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> it's my pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard some cheesy lines with my name, but that was the name that one. That was great. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man.